I can go home and I can be a servant and I can work for my dad and, and I can survive. As he makes up his mind and begins to head home, the Bible says that while he was a long way off, dad saw him, went to where he was, greeted him, embraced him, loved him, and the son had prepared his negotiation. It's, just, it's funny sometimes how we like to negotiate with God. <laughs> uh, son begins to negotiate with, with the dad, and the dad calls for the best robe, the ring, the shoes, the fatty calf, the celebration, and he makes this statement. My son, who was dead, is now alive, was lost, and is found. He's home, and we are going to celebrate. As we, as we look at this story, I'm reminded of the cliche that declares sin will take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stray. We have determined the past several weeks that in all of us, in all of us, there is a, a prodigal. In all of us, there is a side to us that in the area of rebellion or the area of stubbornness, we do pretty much what we want to do regardless of the consequences. As we find ourselves in the world, we find ourselves surrounded by the spirit of heaviness. If you'll bring me the spirit of heaviness. Today, the spirit of heaviness. Thank you. Go ahead and put it on. This is the ugliest, tackiest looking jacket that I own. This is, a, this is actually uh, the Marlboro Man's jacket. And I remember at a very young age, I was fascinated by the Marlboro Man. He was riding a paint. He was in the mountains of California. And he looked so cool with that cigarette. I thought that was so, I thought that was so cool. And I, as I look at television and look at the things that television say is cool. One of my favorite programs on television is Blue Bloods. Unfortunately, at the end of almost every program, the dad sits around with the daughter, maybe the son, and they drink a glass of Jack Daniels or, or wild turkey showing how you live your life. At the end of the day, you take a drink, everything's okay. My other favorite program is NCIS. I love uh, Leroy Gibbs. Many people say he looks like me. And uh, I, he cuts his hair the way I cut my hair, and I, I'm okay with that. Flatter, that flatter is the highest form of, uh, of uh, compliment anyway. But at the end of the program, he will go in the basement, work on his boat, and then he will empty out something. He'll pour in some whiskey, and it just looks like that's the great life. That's the perfect life. But again, it is a snare, and that is, that is the way the enemy works to try to snare us because we are creatures of habit. Last Sunday, I re revealed to you the very first thing that I was addicted to. Does anybody remember what that was? It was the pacifier. When I was a small child or a baby, I guess, mom stuck a pacifier in my mouth, and for a long time, I that was my that was my life. And um, she told me I enjoyed the pacifier. I don't remember those days, but I'm going to assume that is the truth. And then we found in most people that are struggling with drugs, and today we pray. For Maggie's family, 41-year-old Bobby overdosed on, I guess he overdosed on hydros, was it the heroin, overdosed on heroin, which has revisited Cleveland. 
there's been an outbreak of heroin. And the, the enemy is such a liar is that he makes everything look so exciting and so, so awesome. And uh, the first step to addiction is usually tobacco, and it makes it look so cool. And then we find ourselves in a place where it's not just cool, but we can't live without it. And then all of a sudden, we're struggling with that addiction. It opens a door to other addictions. And then we find ourselves in a place where we are horrifically bound by something. It doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It might be shopping. It might be the computer. It might be a hobby. But something has taken God's place in our life. And no longer is he Lord, but we made something else the Lord of our life. This coat represents the spirit of depression. Depression is the number one mental illness in America today. In the past 10 years, I've preached three funerals concerning the overdose of Xanax. Xanax is a medicine that's given to those that are depressed, and if Xanax doesn't work, then they go something heavier and heavier, and you find yourself on Neurotin, Thorazine, and all of a sudden your life again is determined by the amount of drugs that you put in your body. But I'm here to tell you this morning there is a cure for the spirit of depression. There is a salvation, and there is something that can change that. I remember when Jesus said in John 14 and 12, the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. And that was always a very confusing scripture to me, because Jesus actually tells the believer that the things he did, that if you believe in him, you can do those same things. And when I think about what Jesus did, he turned water into wine. He took five pieces of wonder bread and fed a multitude. He walked on the water. He raised the dead. And I'm not talking about a Sunday morning congregation, someone that was actually dead. He raised the dead. And the Bible says if all of the miracles he performed were written, the, the books of the libraries of the world could not contain all the miraculous things that he did. And so he's telling me if I believe in him, and I believe. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him, I am a believer. I have come to a place in my life where he is my eternity. He is my rock. He's my salvation. He's all that I need. He's all that I have. But he said, if you believe in me, the things that I do, you can do also. And I think about the ability to raise the dead or the ability to open blind eyes or even the ability to walk on the water. I believe there's only one person other than Jesus that ever really walked on the water. And so naturally, as a new Christian, when I w became a believer, I went to practice some of the things that he said I can do. And I remember in that season of divorce, Rhonda was here in, in Tennessee going to Lee. I was in California rebuilding my life. I remember one Saturday night, we had a prayer meeting, and we've been talking about the works of Jesus and that if he could do it, we could do it. And so we got a chair, and we set that chair down and begin to anoint that chair, and then we begin to declare or quote or whatever it is that you do when you're a believer that Rhonda would be transported from Cleveland, Tennessee to Huntington Beach, California, and she would appear in that chair. And we actually really believed that it would happen, and we were around the chair and I remember I, I prayed, it didn't happen, and one of my friends, Jim, who is now with the Lord, Jim was, I mean, he was holding on that chair, and he was, he was just really intense, and he was really praying. So I went to lay my hand on his shoulder, and he thought it was God. He thought God laid his hand on his shoulder, 
And Jim fell out on the floor and began to jerk like he had got like 2,000 volts. And it was like, I didn't have the heart to tell him, but it, it was me that touched my God. So I never did clarify. I just let him think that he had been touched by God. But you know what? There, there was, there was, a, there was a, a moment there when I really felt like if I prayed hard enough that God would bring Rhonda from Cleveland to Huntington Beach, not knowing that God had a plan and not knowing that God had a way that he was working all things out for my good. And three years later, God did bring her to Huntington Beach, California, and we did a revival there, and God restored that, and God fulfilled that. But I got to thinking about in that, in that season of trying to do the things that God did, I looked at the scripture a little closer. He said, the things that I do, you'll do also, and greater than these. And I ask you this morning, what could be greater than raising the dead? What could be greater than opening blind eyes? What could be greater than going to a wheelchair and lifting someone out of that wheelchair? What is there? Is there anything that would be greater than, than that? Just the things that he did. What could possibly be greater than those works? And the, the rest of the scripture says, because I go to my father. So I took that literally. And I took that passage of scripture because I go to my father. When he resurrected from the grave, he went to the presence of God. He went to where God was at. And when he died at the cross, there was a wall. I know Mr. Trump is trying to build a wall. But for thousands of years, hundreds of years, dozens of years, there have been a wall between us and God. There was a place where God was, and there's a place where we were. And no matter how good we were, or what we said, or what we believed, or what we gave, or how we, how we served, that wall was there. It separated God from man. And once a year, the high priest would go beyond that wall with the apothecary and the fragrance of God. And that fragrance would hit the presence of God. And God would allow that priest to go beyond the veil and experience God's glory. The Bible says that when Moses came from the presence of God, his face shone with the glory of the Lord. When Jesus touched God on the mountain, the Bible says he glowed with the presence of God. And when the high priest would go and offer blood and God would accept that sacrifice, the high priest had the blood that represented the sins of the nation for the previous year. And all those sins were paid for because of the blood, because of the acceptance of the blood. But when Jesus went to Calvary and said, it is finished, there was a wall that was split in two. That veil that separated God from man came down and man was able to go into the presence of God. And when I think about this morning, what would be greater than works? Worship. What would be greater than power? Praise. What only one man could do one time a year, and a certain man, only one, only one time a year could he go beyond the veil. There's no time of day. There's no hour of night. There's no season of my life that I cannot go boldly into the presence of God, feel his power, know his love, know his glory, and be a part of the family of God. And what could be better than that? and having that access to God through the, through the power of praise and the power of worship. So the world wants me to wear this filthy, disgusting coat called my past and my habits and my hang-ups, but God wants me to wear something else. And God said, I'll allow you to take off the, the garment of heaviness and I'll allow you to put on... The garment of praise. Now, isn't this a lot nicer? The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Aren't you glad this morning that you're not a buzzard? Hello, aren't you glad this morning that you're not a crow? But this morning, aren't you glad that you are an eagle? And we sit at heavenly places with Christ. Let me take this off. I don't want you to be intimidated by this beautiful coat. So when the prodigal comes back home, the first thing the father does is get rid of those garments that smell like pig slop, and the father put on the garment of praise. And when you put on the garment of praise, it deals with the spirit of depression. Aren't you glad that you can come this morning and you can cast all your care upon him and you can leave this place and leave that care here? There's an old, old song that Doris, I know, is familiar with you and I. Not that we're old, but we love old songs. that says, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he shall surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And I'm so pleased this morning that we're a part of the family of God, that we can come in this church dressed one way, and we can leave this church dressed another way. The word says that when we come to the house of God, we're supposed to have a song, we're supposed to have an offering, and we're supposed to have a testimony. Did anybody come this morning with a testimony? Well, come on. Bring that testimony up here. Jason is a miracle, and his precious mom and sister is here this morning. And Jason is going to share a little bit about the miracle that God gave him. Amen. Uh, hello. Uh, like I said, I'm here to share my testimony. Uh, it was drugs. Hello. Um, you know, I used to be nervous about talking about it, but I'm getting better at it. And I was looking. I shouldn't be standing here considering all the things I've done, charges that I've acquitted. And uh, God got me through that because when we get so far out from where we are today in our lives in this church and everything where we know we're supposed to be, I was out there, I was really gone, and when I finally got, you know, put in jail and everything going through that, uh, you know, I joined a gang the first time, and, and I didn't care, didn't talk to God, I didn't do the things that I did this last couple times, and it got easier as I brought, you know, tried to find out who I was and got back to the roots. I remember Mama saying in the church of God, God's going to make everything better. And I needed that. And I started talking to him, reading, studying, instead of running with the wrong crowd in jail. And it got easier. And, you know, he, he gave me a beautiful girlfriend that was passionate about the same things in life, that stuck with me through these, these things, that my mistakes. And it gives me hope. And I prayed for my mom to come back to town. She's here today. Um, I was looking at 60 days. I only did 28. He prayed for the time to be, um, yeah, but it was just, it was forgiven. And uh, I got my job back as soon as I got out. Uh, I mean, doors keep opening. Prayers keep getting answered. It ain't, it, it's not when we want it. It's when it's, it's in his plan, like you say. And uh, we just got to stand by our faith. And watch our steps in life, you know, and, and if we're recovering, we're never really healed. So we always got to stick to the steps. And and I've learned out, you know, going to these meetings with my girlfriend and stuff. And her brother's here. I don't mean to call him out, but that's another prayer answered, you know. And, you know, I hope he comes back. We got all our kids. And, man, we got a crowd. We have to get another row of chairs, you know what I mean? And that's what's good. And, uh, and like I said, it's, it's a slow process. 
but we we learn from where we have been and we find somebody that's been there with us and they're on the same path two's better than one and i'm i'm really proud to have that you know in my life and i have really really enjoyed coming to this church you know um, there's a few people that are in my family that are not here today i pray for them and i know that god will make it all better and my mama taught me that a long time ago and that's where i got in my recovery i i got back with god and when i when i had a problem i could always skim through here and find an answer and no matter what you know it may not be when we want it but if we believe i believe that it'll all be better and i just wanted to share that my mom it takes a lot for me to get up here i get nervous and stuff but you know that's you know that's she does too i might have got that from her thank you for letting me share i won't take no more than that he said if you confess me before men I'll confess you before my father. Uh, Jason is a miracle, and now the process that Jason's going through is new friends. When I gave my heart to the Lord, I called on my buddies and said, listen, I'm not better than you. I'm not putting you down, but I can't hang around with you anymore. I can't, I can't, uh, I am a, even though I might be a leader, I'm a follower, the peer pressure of all of that, and I just said, hey, I just, I'm not going to be coming around anymore and I learned Jason that when I stopped hanging with those friends I realized the only thing I had in common with those friends was getting high there was no other grounds there was no other there was no other reason to have those friends and then you surround yourself with friends that begin to bless you when the father looked at the son and this is so powerful this morning I believe it says that when the father looked at the son he said you were dead but now you're alive you were dead. And sin is a killer. The wages of sin is death. Three things that are important in your life, the day you're born, the day you die, but the most important date is the day that you're born again. It's a season. I know a lot of times we try to win family and loved ones to the Lord, and it's not their time. It's not their season. And sometimes we're discouraged and frustrated and feel like that we don't have any influence or we don't have a ministry or we don't have a testimony but that's not true the more you share your testimony the more it builds them up in the faith and the day is going to come when they make up their mind i'm lost i'm lost i'm dead we begin to die the moment that we're born job said man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble job also said our life is but a vapor just something you breathe on the mirror and you and you and you write something in it that's how brief our life is but when we come to jesus there's a door that opens and he said, you shall have life and have life more abundantly. And aren't you glad this morning they're operating that abundant life that God has given us? Dad took off the ring, and you've got to understand the, 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 that generation. We, we know the Super Bowl ring. We know the college ring. We know the Mason ring, and they all have, uh, they have influence and they have power. But that generation, when the, when the man in charge would declare something, he would write it out. They would roll it up. And they would take hot wax and they would melt wax on the on the on the letter. And then the, the, the person of authority would take that ring and he would stick his ring in that hot wax and it would leave a mark. And that let know whoever read that letter, this is the authority in which it's written. And when we come back to God, he gives us all authority, both in heaven and earth, has been given to us to take authority 
over demonic influences, familiar spirits, territorial generational curses, and all that nature. That's the authority that we're given in the Word of God. And I believe that there are angels. Jo Jacob saw a ladder leading up into heaven, and angels were coming up and down on that ladder. And the Bible calls those angels ministering spirits. And those angels were bringing things to the people of God as they needed them. But I have learned that there is the power of prayer, and there's also the power of the lack of prayer. And I think there are times when angels gather to do our bidding and to open doors for us and to solve problems for us and help us, but we do not petition or we do not send those angels where they need to go. And I think the angels kind of just throw up their hands kind of like in, wow, what's that all about? All power both in heaven and earth has been given to you, and all you have to do is open your mouth and declare it and open your mouth and decree it. And if it's, when the, if it's within the boundaries of the word of God, I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about turning that chair into a solid gold bar. I'm not talking about ridiculous declarations. But I'm talking about things that God says that we can declare and things that we can speak and the things that we can have. And I'm learning, and this is crazy, that God wants us to be happy. God wants us to be blessed. God wants us to be full of his peace and full of his joy. And those are the things that he wants us to have. And there are so many looking for those things in all the wrong directions. I remember here at this house, there was a tragedy. And I, I, will, I promise you I'll touch on the other three things in just a minute. But I remember there was a tragedy in this house that we were having a special uh, service for the Hope House girls. And I believe it was the uh, night of Esther. It was Esther Project. And uh, there was a young lady that was in Hope House, and and while we were trying to uh, have a have a, a banquet or whatever we were doing, there was something that we were doing. What was it? Was it a Valentine's banquet? It was a Valentine's dinner, and uh, this young lady went into both of the ladies' bathrooms and and drank the hand sanitizer, and uh, we had to call the paramedics, and they came and they took her, and she was in uh, intensive care for a day or two, and then. Uh, a few weeks later, she came back to church and somehow got into one of my offices and drank all the Listerine and um, overdosed on that. The paramedics had to be called. And I remember there were many in her life really trying to encourage her and tried to help her. And uh, all the doors that were open to her became closed because of her decision. And I remember Tissue tried to help her, and she got into your house and drank the rubbing alcohol. And again, the paramedics had to be called. And then... A few months later, she was found in a motel room overdosed because she was looking for what God had for her in all the wrong direction. Going to church no more makes you a Christian than going to a bakery makes you a donut, but it helps. But it helps. Someone said, well, I don't have to go to church and be a Christian. No, you don't. And you know what? You can jump out of the plane without a parachute, but it sure helps to have the parachute. And it still it's, it, it sure it helps to have a church body that is here for us. When the prodigal son came home and realized that he no longer was dead, that he's now alive, he has a garment of praise, he has the ring of authority, the father took off his shoes and put his shoes on his son's feet. And I believe this morning that shoes represent destiny. I believe before you were in your mother's womb, God had a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 said, it's a good plan that God has for you. And as you look at the promises of God, all the promises of God are there to better you and better to bless you, and you have purpose and you have destiny. And as you begin to walk in the favor and you begin to walk in the flavor, and the Bible says three things about the steps of the righteous in the actual Hebrew, 
it, it's, it says that your steps are not just ordered by the Lord, but your steps are orchestrated by the Lord and your steps are ordained by the Lord. I know we come to the house of God and we sing praises unto him. We know that the Holy Spirit takes those praises and that's what clothes God. But there will be moments in your life when God will sing over you. Zephaniah 3 and 17 says, is that a joyous choir I hear? No, it's the Lord himself exalting over you in happy song. And just think about it. Tonight, today, God is somewhere in the heavenlies, and he's singing over you. And most of you, he's probably singing this. Wait for it. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. And that's what God is. God is a God of love. But for God to be a God of love, God has got to have children to love and God has had to have children walking in the order, in the place he wants them to walk in. And Jason, this is a brand new walk. You're, what's that song that says, oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father, help me, there's a father up above looking down in tender love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. And all of a sudden, our destiny, our direction changes. The song says, don't look for me to be. In the place I used to be, there's been a change in me. I found a better way. Since I found the church and found the place to pray, there's been a change in me. I found a better way. And this morning, you should leave here better than when you got here. This morning, you should leave with something that encourages you and lets you know that God doesn't just have your back. He's got your front. He's got your side. He's got above you, below you. You go in. You come out. Everywhere you go, God has got you covered. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation for that. The fourth thing that the father did, he said, I don't want you just to kill the calf. I want you to kill the fatty calf. And I believe that's prosperity. I believe that God puts us in places where he can bless us, encourage us. Uh, I'm a strong proponent of being out of debt. I'm a strong proponent for enjoying the things that God has given you to enjoy. The Bible says that money answereth all things. And I know that many people in life, live from paycheck to paycheck. But aren't you glad that God doesn't live from paycheck to paycheck? Aren't you glad your father owns a thousand hills, all the cattle and all the gold buried beneath? Everything belongs to the Lord. And the Bible says that for our pleasure, they are created, that God has set you up in life to bless you, to be blessed going in, to be blessed going out. And there's the, the spirit of depression or the spirit of discouragement likes to disqualify you and, and, and pull you down and tear you apart and mess you up. And God is the exact flip. He does the exact opposite. God builds you up. God lifts you up. God encourages you and sends you on your way. There's an old black chorus that says, the Lord is blessing me right now, right now. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. Aren't you glad, Jason, you didn't wake up in jail? Aren't you, aren't you glad that you didn't wake up in the hospital? Aren't you glad that you're not in prison somewhere, but he who the Son sets free is free indeed, and I am free by the blood of Jesus. The last thing that I want to bring to your attention, and, and, and lately when things happen in life, you sometimes change focus and change direction. Uh, but now that my precious mother is in heaven, there's a day coming when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. The dad said, I want a celebration. 
I want there to be singing. I want there to be music. I want there to be dancing. And there's going to come a day when the lion's going to lay down with the lamb and we'll study war no more. There'll be no more persecution, no more opposition, no more conflict. But there really is a Beulah land. And lately, somebody help me, all I got is leaving on my mind. There's coming a day when he's going to appear, he's going to speak your name. You're, you might be in Wendy's Flipping Burgers or you might be in Target at the Red Light Special. But when he calls your name, it's not going to matter what you're doing, but you're going to rise up to meet the Lord in the air, going to a place called heaven to hang out with a man called Jesus and spend eternity with y'all. How country is that, that God has brought us together? As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, just for a moment. I want to conclude this teaching this morning by showing you a clip. You know what? Let's go ahead and show that clip before we pray. First, he laboriously drills a hole in a giant anteat when he is sure a baboon is watching him because he knows baboons are incurably inquisitive. Next, he puts some wild melon seeds into the hole and works them in so that they drop into a hollow. Then he saunters off knowing the baboon is burning with curiosity. The baboon doesn't trust that human being at all, so he plays it cool. But he's dying to know what gives in that confounded hole. Finally, Mr. Inquisitive can't take it any longer. He's got to know what's in there. He reaches in, grabs a fistful, and now his hand's too big to come out. If he had the sense to drop the seeds, he could free his hand. Now he lets go when it's too late. I remember years ago there was a bumper sticker that said, let go and let God. God wants you to release the junk in your life so he can embrace you with the things that he has for you. And God's stuff is a whole lot better than your stuff. God's provision is a whole lot better than your provision. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, if you are here this morning and you're not where you want to be with the Lord and you feel like you've wandered away from the Lord, maybe you came in this morning with the spirit of heaviness. Maybe you came in discouraged. Maybe you came in depressed. Maybe you came in under attack. Maybe you come in where it felt like life was just sucking the very air out of your lungs. You might feel like alone or abandoned forgotten about I promise you this morning you are not alone you're not forgotten about he planned and orchestrated this entire service just for you knowing you were going to be here he knew you would be here and he knew this would be the day that you would recommit turn things around and give it all to him you're here this morning you've wandered away from God or maybe you've never really had a personal friendship a personal relationship Maybe you've prayed the sinner's prayer and asked him to be your savior, but you've never allowed him to be the Lord of your life. And you desire a friend and companion. You desire that joy and favor that comes with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He came to seek and to save. 
not the healthy and the wealthy, but he came to the sick. He came to us that really needed a touch of the master's hand, needed the favor of the Lord. You're here today and you say, you know what? I just want to turn everything over to God. I don't want you to embarrass me. I don't want you to call me out or bring attention to me. But this morning, I'm not going to leave this place until I'm where I need to be with the Lord. If that's your petition this morning, just put your hand up, put it right back down. Is there one? Yes. Is there another? Yes. Yes. God sees every hand. God sees every heart. And like that precious monkey, the enemy wants us to hold on to things in life that can so entrap us and hurt us and wound us and never bring any joy, never bring any favor, never bring any blessing. But the Lord has declared today to cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The song says, leave it there, leave it there, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. God can handle it. God will deal with it. God this morning wants to give you the garment of praise that you can thank him for who you are and thank you for what he's doing and thank him for where you're at in life right now. That's the transition. That's the transformation that he would like to do in your life today. And if you'll allow me, we will pray together. Father, we acknowledge that we are lost and that we are a sinner. We ask this morning that you would forgive us of our sins as we declare them and boldly declare that there's sin in our life and that we ask that you would take the sin from us. You would wash us and make us white as snow. You would give us our song. You would give us the favor, give us the blessing that we would leave today knowing who we are and who we believed in and who holds our tomorrow. We ask that you would give us that, that desire to pray, that desire to communicate, that desire to walk into thanksgiving for everything that you're doing and you've done for us that we would be vessels of mercy, and we'd be lights in dark places that would be salt, that others would see our life as they see Jason's and realize they can be free. They don't have to be bound to, to, to sin and snare of the world, but they can walk in freedom. They can walk in wholeness. It doesn't mean a rose garden. doesn't mean that everything's going to be peachy cream. doesn't mean there's not going to be any challenges or any frustrations, but it just means that we don't have these challenges and frustrations without a higher power watching over us, helping us every day, every hour, every minute, every second of our life. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. And you all said, amen. Bless those hands that were lifted, that recommitted to the Lord. You know, Jason shared several weeks ago as we were praying, there was a prophetic word spoken over him that he would not serve the full 60 days, that the time would be shortened. And uh, surround yourself with people that speak prophetically into your life. Surround yourself with people that encourage you. Surround yourself with people that, that, that have the heart of God and they're not afraid to share and to give away what they've got. Surround yourself with those kind of people and just see the, what kind of difference that God will make in your life. I want to give you a chance to sow an offering this morning into the kingdom. The Word of God says we bring a tithe and offering to the storehouse. This is our opportunity to thank Him for the extra that He's blessed us with. If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand, and these handsome ushers will, will serve you as, as quickly as possible. We thank you for your faithfulness. As Pastor Rhonda mentioned, Wednesday nights, uh, our Bible study, a lot of fun. You, you leave learning some stuff that you didn't know when you came, stuff that hopefully that you could use 
uh, every day as you walk with the Lord and draw closer to Him. It is a, a joy this morning to have a lifelong friend, Doris Burns, in the house with us. And we so love, we so love you and your husband. And I, I just, I just thought you guys were so cool when I was at Lee. You guys were so, and you're still the coolest. Pastor Rhonda said, the coolest. And um, it was uh, Dr. Jim Burns that brought you to one of his classes at Lee, and taught a little bit on praise and worship and. And I remember that that was several that was several years ago, but we've been friends of the family. So we have to love Ryan because right we love Jim and so we're stuck with Ryan, but we love them and <laughs> he knows better than that. We love you with the love of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you, may cause his face to shine upon you, may allow you to be a light in a dark place. May he bless everything you touch. May your dreams be in color, may your visions be expected, but most importantly, May the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart be acceptable in his sight. We love you with the love of the Lord. Hug a neck, shake a hand, bless somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them on this beautiful Sunday morning. I can hear the rhythm.